and that's where we get Thomas from, is out of the Hebrew side of it. It meant twin. And then sometimes you'll read in the scriptures, and we'll see it tonight probably as we're reading, you'll see his other nickname or tag was Didymus. And Didymus was in the Greek, and it meant double or twin. So what do you think Thomas probably was? He was probably a twin. I don't know for sure. I didn't look it up, but Didymus might have a connection to what we use, ditto. Uh, And so probably Thomas was a ditto. He probably was a twin. I read suggestions. You know, a lot of times you read Thomas and Matthew listed together. Some have said, well, maybe Thomas and Matthew were brothers. Well, maybe, but just because you're a twin doesn't mean your twin was also one of the disciples or one of the apostles. Could even not even be that his twin was even saved. My father's name is Thomas, and my dad is a twin. And the twin is a sister, not a brother. So just because he's a twin doesn't mean it was a brother. It could have been a sister. Anyway, now his reputation, obviously, as we read, uh, except I see, except I can feel and put my finger in the nails. Uh, I will not believe. And so we see uh, Thomas getting that tag as doubting Thomas. But tonight I want to look at three main things about Thomas that really are a blessing. And, and, and praise the Lord that God uses us. And uh, we pick on Peter and we pick on Thomas. But if it wasn't for them asking dumb questions once in a while or doing something maybe that we can laugh at or whatever, we wouldn't learn some things. And let me remind you that <clears throat> even though Peter did make a fool of himself more than once and uh, got out of the boat and started walking on water and then sank and got completely soaking wet and Jesus had to reach down and rescue him and haul him back into the boat. And uh, I'm sure the other guys in the boat were kind of looking at him because he's soaking wet to the bone, you know. But he's the only one that tried. He's the only one that even dared and thankful for his personality in that way. And I'm thankful for Thomas. I'm thankful that Thomas, I'm thinking of a Thomas that's in heaven right now, my friend Thomas Urich, who is with Jesus. Thomas was one of the, Thomas Urich was like this Thomas and like Peter. If it was in his brain, it came out his mouth. Some of us are, are, are better at keeping it in a little bit, but I appreciate those who don't, and here's why. I, I always know what they're thinking. They're just, they're just honest. I mean, it just comes out as, as soon as they think it, and you, know, you, don't, you never have to guess at what they're thinking. And Thomas was kind of that way, I think. And, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. And let me just say this about Thomas. He asked a lot of questions. Some of them you might think were dumb. But you know what? I'm so thankful, and you've heard me say it, especially on Sunday night when we have question and answer time. I'm thankful for questions. And there is no such thing as a dumb question. Because whenever someone asks a question, typically somebody else learns something. Somebody else in the room is saying, oh, yeah, I, I, was, too, I was too bashful to ask that, but I'm glad somebody asked that. And, and maybe, wow, I never thought of that before. And I think that's kind of how it was in some cases for Thomas. But let's look at some things tonight about him. And let's go to John chapter 11. Most of what we're looking at is in John. If it wasn't for John, I don't think we'd hardly know anything about Thomas. John chapter 11, verse 1. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. 
Now Jesus loved Martha and his, her sister and Lazarus. And when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, after those two days, he saith to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, uh, 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 Master, um, don't you remember? The Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Remember last time we were in Judea, they tried to kill you? And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't not remember that. Verse 9, Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he, shall, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth because there is no light in him. So I want to mention this. Faith, when you can't see the light, when it seems like everything's dark. There's three things about Thomas that you can learn from. And again, we need to appreciate the fact that these men were human and they had flaws. Because guess what? So is we. We are human and we have flaws. And we can learn some things about the faith when it seems dark. It was not logical to go into Judea. Why? Because last time they went in Judea, they tried to kill Jesus. Verse 11, these things said he, Jesus, and after that he saith unto them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said the disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. If he's just sleeping, he doesn't need you to go all the way there and wake him up. They don't get what he's saying, do they? I think you and I, I think everybody in here understands what he's saying. Because he's not just saying he's asleep, he's dead. But that was the way it was used, especially for the believers. Whenever in the New Testament you read about someone who was a believer that that died, it says they fell asleep. Because that's really what it is. The last loved one that you can think of that died just simply closed their eyes and went to sleep and woke up in in heaven. Their body is asleep. One day Jesus is coming back and he's going to wake us up. And resurrect us. So I love, I love that. I love how it's, it always refers to sleep. Verse 13, Howbeit Jesus spake of his death. But they thought that he had spoken of taking a rest of sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Lazarus is dead and that's why we're going. And this is a great passage. It's about the resurrection. If you know the story, he, he does go. He does stand at the tomb. And he cries out, Lazarus, come forth. And, and Lazarus comes forth after being dead for four days. <clears throat> and Jesus, if you notice there, in verse 15 says, And I purposely waited for two days, and I purposely want this to happen. I'm glad for your sakes because I want to teach you something. I want to show you that I am the resurrection and the life, as it says in verse 25. Though he were dead, he shall live. And I want you to understand that death doesn't bother me. Death doesn't conquer me. And every funeral that Jesus ever went to, he ruined it because by the time it was done, it wasn't a funeral anymore. The dead person was alive again. And so here, Jesus says, I'm glad for your sakes that this has happened. We're going to go. And then notice the very next thing. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go with him, that we may die with him. Let us also go. All right, well, he's, he's determined to go. Let's all go, and we'll die with him. So he's kind of a pessimist. But as pessimistic as he was, let's, let's not forget something. He was loyal. Now think about it. He was loyal. 
You know why I'm saying that? Because he didn't say, I'm not going. Did he say that? He did not say that. You know what he said? He said, well, I guess we're going to go and die with him. They, they, all right, this is a death sentence. He's determined to go and get, and get killed, and I guess we'll go with him because I'm too loyal not to go. But he wasn't going to die, was he? We know that. Let's think about this. There's a great truth in verse 25. John 11 and uh, verse 25, he talks to Martha. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he are dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believeth thou this? What a great truth and a great miracle, of course, that happened because you keep going down, you'll see that, as I said, Jesus called Lazarus out of the grave and he came forth. So you know faith when you can't see the light. Now, it's easy for us to read this story and say, yeah, they should have known better. Listen, when, you're, when you've got a loved one that dies, you're going to be sorrow, full of sorrow, and it's going to be dark. And Martha and Mary are both weeping, they're both crying, they're both very frustrated. They're, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Why didn't you get here sooner? And there's great bereavement. In fact, this is the passage where it says Jesus wept. But he didn't weep because he had no hope. He wept because they just didn't get it. They didn't believe. But let me remind you of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and 1 Corinthians chapter 15 clearly tell us that there is a resurrection and that we which are alive and remain will be caught up together to be with the Lord. And the dead in Christ shall rise first and we will all be together. And there is no reason to be sorry at death. And that's why it's called sleeping. If anybody in here called me tomorrow and said, I'm just really concerned because my spouse is taking a nap. I'd be like, leave me alone, weirdo. They're just sleeping. It'll be fine. And, and yet that's how God thinks of it. They're, they're, they're just sleeping. It'll be fine. Now, if they're dead and they're not saved, oh, it's not fine, but it's too late now. There's no sense even, it's too late. But if they're just sleeping, it's okay. I think that's why they're, sometimes you see the RIP on a tombstone, rest in peace. That's only true if it's a believer. And uh, Lazarus was only dead for four days, just a short time. And he's coming back to life. But obviously it was a dangerous time for the disciples. I mean, not only are they worried and kind of concerned because their friend Lazarus has died, but they're they're looking over their shoulder as they're walking into town because the Jews were going to kill them last time they were there. And so that's why Thomas says, well, let's go with him so we can die with him. Let's all go together and we'll just die with him. And you know what? God's always in control. God is never out of control. And even if they had died, even if the Jews had stoned everybody that day, of course, it wasn't going to happen to Jesus. Death is not the end. And, and guess, what, guess what doubting Thomas in, in verse 16 found out by about verse 44? Well, even if we got stoned, he could have taken care of us, right? Even if we'd have died, he could have said, come on, get up, let's go. Death is not the end. We don't need to fear death. And so look at faith in Thomas when you can't see the light. 
And again, as, as much as we can laugh at him saying, well, let's go die with him, at least he was a patriotic, loyal follower of Christ. I mean, he, he's just saying, hey, I'm going with him, but it looks like we're going to die. Then secondly, faith when you don't know the way. Let's look at John chapter 14. Again, it's Thomas. It's, it's pretty cool here how this, how this plays out. As we go to John 14, we kind of have to back up and see some things in chapter 13. John chapter 13, it says in uh, verse in 31, now, Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. This is just after Judas left to go betray him. Verse 32, If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me. And as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say to you. So Jesus says, I'm going somewhere and you can't come. Now, where's he talking about? I'm going to go die. I'm going to enter into the spirit world. You can't come yet. You can't come there. So he says that. Then in verse 36, Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou canst not follow me now. Semicolon. But thou shalt follow me afterwards. So it's it's getting a little more interesting. Then John chapter 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know. And the way ye know. Okay. In verse 33 of chapter 13, he said, Whither I go, ye cannot come. In verse 36 of the same chapter, he said, Where I'm going, you can't go now, but you will go afterwards. And then, a few verses later, chapter 14 and verse 4, he says, Whither I go, you know. You know where I'm going and the way you know. What is he talking about? We know what he's talking about because we have the advantage of knowing the whole story. But they're trying to figure it out. And guess who says something? Verse verse 5, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? You know what he's doing? He's just being straight up honest. He doesn't get it. I promise you, even though he's the, he gets credited as being the one who asked this question, he wasn't the only one thinking it. Lord, we don't know what you're talking about. Where are you going, and how are we going to go later, and how come you're saying we know when I don't think we know? It's kind of like chapter 16 and verse number 5 and 6. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me, Whither goest thou? But because I said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. And then verse number uh, 16 of chapter 16, A little while, and you shall not see me. And again a little while, and you shall see me, because I go to the Father. Oh, verse 17, Then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that he saith unto us? A little while, and he shall see me. A little while. I don't understand what he's saying. I, I think they're, they're just genuinely confused. Verse 19, Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him, and said to him, Do you inquire among yourselves of that I said a, a little while, and you shall not see me? And, a little, and then again a little while, and you shall see me? Are, are you... Are you confused so that's what's going on here but thomas he just point blank he's not afraid what i like about thomas and here's what i want to say 
And this is what I loved about Tom Urich. I don't think he was perfect. I mean, I know he wasn't. But I loved him because the guy was like a, a kid. He was just honest. Oh, he was a goober, but he was honest. And whatever he's say, thinking is, is what he's saying. And Thomas is just like, because I think some of us would be like, oh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, whether I go, you know, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Makes sense. You, you get it, don't you? Because we're kind of proud, like, oh, yeah, I get that. And Thomas is like, I don't get any of that. He's honest. He's just straight up honest. And he's like, I didn't understand that. He's not afraid to say, I'm the dumb one here. Can you explain that? And that's what he's doing. And uh, I like that. Now, I said it earlier. Let me say it again. There ain't no such thing as a dumb question. And I love questions. And if we'd get rid of our pride, we'd ask more questions. And you know what's cool about Thomas's question? One of the greatest verses in the Bible came out. Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how, how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's one of the greatest verses in the Bible. Years ago, we used to go to the Star Academy Juvenile Center. A lot of the young people in there was from South Dakota, obviously, state state system. And a lot of them, not all of them, but a good portion of them were Native American. And sometimes, not often, but sometimes they'd say, what about the Native American religion? I said, hey, I'm just here talking about the Bible. I, that's what I, I don't know. I, just, I would just say, I don't know about that. I just know about this. And here's what this says. He is the way the truth and the life no man comes to the father but by him there is no other way according to Jesus who I believe there is no other way Proverbs fourteen twelve says there is a way which seemeth right unto a man but the end thereof are the ways of death Six twenty three of Proverbs says these are the way the reproofs of instruction are the way of life Proverbs or Matthew 7 verse 13 and 14 says there's a, a broad way and a narrow way and the broad way leads to destruction that's where many people are going and the narrow way leads to everlasting life and few there be that find it Jesus is the way if you want to do something interesting as you read the book of Acts you'll notice the phrase the way a lot of times as you're reading the book of Acts the disciples of Jesus are called or considered going in the way. They were in the way. Guess what? That's exactly what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be just on the way, in the way, knowing the way, telling other people about the way. He's the way. We even sing it in Sunday school. One way, God said, he is the only way. Last summer, Brother Bill was asking, when did you get saved? When did you get saved? And one of the young people tried to say, tried to stand up and say, well, these people who believe in a different kind of baptism, they were trying to include them in the way. 
a works baptism, a works salvation through getting baptized. Because they were their friends. Can't do that. There are two ways, or three, or ten. There's just one. I am the way, the truth. The truth is not on Twitter. The truth is not on Newsmax. I, I'm not saying there isn't any truth out there. Even the Democrats have some truth once in a while. Even a dead clock has truth once in a while. But the truth is Jesus. John 8, he said, ye shall know the truth. The truth will set you free. John seventeen seventeen. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word, God's word is truth. Ephesians 1.13, the word of truth. That's why we make such a big deal about the word of God. It is the truth, and Jesus is the word of God. And so he is the way, and he is the truth. No news out there. I don't care who it is. I don't care what they're saying. I don't care how popular the the commentary is and what's being demonstrated or said and what kind of worldview or whatever. I don't care what history book or science book. I don't care what it is. If it goes against this, it's lying. It's false. It doesn't matter how true it looks. It's not true. Jesus is the way and Jesus is the truth. And then he said this to Thomas, and the life. John 1, 4 said, Jesus in him was life, and the life was the light of men. I, I think what that means is, is that even though people are not born again yet, there's life given to everyone that is born, just as my grandson was born a couple days ago. He has life. By the way, my grandson is not a Christian. But my grandson has life. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. As my grandson grows up, there'll be a conscious, there'll be an understanding that life is precious. The only thing that, that changes your thinking about life being precious is when you start to get a warped conscience. And when life is demonstrated to you as not precious. Otherwise, there's just something in us. Years ago, not here, but at, a, at another church uh, out of town, uh, I was attending this 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 meeting and uh, this guy was talk, standing up and saying yeah, prove to me I'm an atheist let's just do a mock session here let's just do a role play prove to me that there is a God or prove to me the Bible is true and, and I tried to stand up but, but he, he knew where I was going I think he was trying to, to anyway he didn't want me to take all the time but I, I, I started to stand up and say because I, I use this at, at Star Academy a lot I'm going to kill you in 10 minutes and I know how to do it without getting caught Tell me why I'm wrong. Because if everything's based on whether or not you get caught, well, it's against the law. Whose law? Maybe I have a different law. Yeah, but society's law. But I figured out how to get around it where society can't prove I did it. So you tell me why it's wrong. The only answer you can give, thou shall not kill. And guess who wrote that? See, the life we know comes from God. I mean, all of us, look, 
if evolution's true, don't worry about it. Let me kill you. You'll come back as something probably. You know, maybe you'll get reincarnated like Brother Bear or something. No, something in us tells us, no, that's not true. Nobody just stares at a gun barrel like, oh, no big deal, man. John 6, 35 I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. John 10.10, I give them life and I give them life more abundantly. This is awesome. Not only do you, see, my, my grandson has life. And as far as I can tell by the pictures, he looks like he's got a lot of it. But until he gets saved, he'll never understand abundant life. Abundant life is when you don't just live, but you're living. And you're living for eternity and you know it and you have eternal life from the day you got saved. 1 John 5.12 says, He that hath the Son hath life. And all because Thomas was honest enough to say, I don't understand and I don't really know what you're saying and I don't know what you mean. And, and, And Thomas is just honest. And you know what Thomas is doing? He's praying. He said, Lord, I don't understand. You know what? We need to stop being pretend holier than thou and just pray like Thomas. Lord, I don't get it. And out came one of the greatest verses the Bible has. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the only way. I am the only truth. And I am the only life. Note the exclusiveness of the gospel. This is what I was saying about the teenager last summer. Whether they were trying to make nice with the, it's not going to work. You got to tell the truth. You can't compromise. We can't all pretend like everybody's religion's okay. It don't work that way. Somebody thinks that the baptism is how they get to heaven and they have to be baptized to go to heaven. That's not the same salvation the Bible teaches. Now, we did not make a big deal in front of those people that night, but I noticed it that evening. But Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name given among men whereby we must be saved. There is no other way. John chapter 10 and verse 1. John chapter 10 and verse 9. Jesus, he just simply point blank said it. I am the door. Verse 9. By me if any man enter and he shall be saved. But he is the door. The thief tries to come up some other way, but I am the door. There is no other way. I am the way. I am the only way. And so from this faith that couldn't see the light with, with this challenge of going back to see Lazarus, we, we learned some things about the resurrection and about conquering fear. From this faith about, I, I don't really know the way, Lord. Will you help me understand? We, we get one of the greatest answers in the Bible. I am the way, the truth, and life. And then, faith when when you haven't seen the proof yet and that's where we started tonight John chapter 20 you know here's what I want to say Thomas never quit Thomas never ever quit like Peter did for a little while Thomas was just so honest he said look you all got to see him unless I I think what Thomas is saying is I missed it now why did Thomas miss it He missed the church meeting. This was the first day of the week. What's the first day of the week? 
Verse 19, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, John 20, 19, when the doors were shut where the disciples assembled, assembled is the idea of church, they were afraid because the Jews, and I don't blame them, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And Jesus said, Where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. There he was. You know why sometimes we don't believe like we should? We miss the meeting. We're too tired or we're too upset. Probably Thomas was upset. Jesus had just been crucified. We're too discouraged or we're too depressed or whatever it might be and we don't go to church and so we miss the meeting. And when you miss out, you miss out. Because Jesus said, there am I in the midst. Revelation 1, he, he's in the midst. 1 Corinthians 3.16, he's in the midst. Ephesians chapter 2, he's in the midst. 1 Timothy 3.15, he is there. He is there. And when we miss out, we miss the message and we miss what we could have learned had we been there. Not only that, but we miss not only just seeing him and having stronger faith, but we miss the good message. First of all, he missed this message, verse 19. It's in red letters, peace be unto you. Verse 21, peace be unto you. As my father hath sent me, even so send I you. He missed the important message of just be at peace. Someone said seven days without church makes one week. And Thomas was the one doubting because he didn't get to see him. And Thomas was the one that didn't get the peace. That the other, By the time the next week rolled around, the others are like, I believe. Thomas is like, oh, I'm going to stick my finger. Why? He's the one that didn't get the message, and he's the one that wasn't there. Don't skip church, even when you don't feel like it. And then verse 21 also. He missed out on hearing what God's plan was because this was God's plan. Peace be unto you, colon, as my father hath sent me, even so send I you. Now, God the Father sent me to do a job. I just did. Died on the cross, rose again. And now I send you. And what an awesome message. You know why? Because, well, well, if he, if you were crucified and now you're standing here, Woo! What's the assignment? It doesn't matter if we die. We know he's the resurrection. And Thomas missed that because he missed the meaning. Now, I don't, I don't want to pick on him too much. He, he's our example, and I'm thankful he's there because we need that example. And uh, he, he's just normal. He's just normal. He wants tangible, physical evidence and he missed the meeting, so he didn't get it. Today, it isn't Jesus bodily standing in our midst with us putting our finger in the nail prints. It's the word of God, though. Let me tell you what's going to happen in days ahead. I don't know how long it's going to be. It could be 10, 20, or even 100 years. I don't know. But days will come where you're going to start doubting stuff. I think things are going to happen that are going to be pretty rocky, pretty lousy. I think, I think that the movers and shakers who, who decide what interest rates are, I mean, who, who decides that? 
And why can't we fire that guy? You know? Um, I, 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 think, I think one of these days, they're just going to set up a bunch of people and then yank the rug right out from under them. Whoosh, and then we're all going to go, oh, big daddy government, please save us. I think that day's coming. I think it's coming. Okay? So, when those rocky days come, you better be hanging on to something tangible. And when I say tangible, I don't mean dollar bills. And you can't hang on to even a Hollywood Jesus, so don't hang on to that one. You need the very word of God. You need to hang on. You need to, you need, see, Thomas is saying, I just want to be able to put my hands on the word of God. And then I'll believe. And so we picked on him, but now look at this. This is how it ends here. It says here in verse 25, the other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Good job, Thomas. You didn't skip this time. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, reach Hither, Jesus says to Thomas, he looks right at him, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. And, and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said, now I want, you, I want you to understand something. Thomas said something that nobody else in the New Testament up to this point had said. My Lord and my God, you are God. You aren't just the son of God. You are God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. That'd be you and I. We haven't seen Jesus physically with our eyes, but we believe. I think you do anyway. And there's a greater blessing for believing God's word. Remember what Peter said? He said, we saw that transfiguration, but there is a more sure word of prophecy. Look with me, if you would, in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 in verse 27, by faith, talking about Moses, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Jesus said, blessed are they who have not seen and yet have believed. Look also with me. Keep your finger in Hebrews 11 if you want, but look at First Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing because when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Folks, just like Thomas wanted to be able to hold it and see it, you and I have been given something Thomas didn't have. Thomas never had the New Testament. He had the Old Testament, but he couldn't hold it in one hand. It was so many scrolls. You'd have to have a wagon just to carry the Old Testament around. And you and I, with one hand, can carry the Word of God. And now we have it on our phone app. 
And let me just remind you, and I don't mean to sound scary, but I, I'm, I'm dead serious because I know it's true. The days are coming where you're going to need to know what God's word says. And in Luke 16, the rich man said, if you'll just send a dead man named Lazarus back to talk to my, to my brothers and tell them not to come to hell where I am, if you'll just send Lazarus back from heaven down to earth and preach to them and tell them that they need to avoid where I'm at now. And Abraham said to the rich man at the end of Luke 16, they have Moses and the prophets. In other words, they have the scriptures. If they won't hear the scriptures, they wouldn't believe a dead man. That's just God's way. And Jesus said to Thomas, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And again, I say, and we, and we are going to close with this, Thomas's statement of faith, my Lord and my God, he is God. This is a declaration of the deity of Christ. Be careful, especially at Christmas time. Jesus was not a good man only. Jesus is God. I love the hymns we sang tonight. Some of them talked about the blood that atones for our sin. Some of them talked about, uh, you know, man incarnate, God incarnate in man. God in human flesh. That's exactly what the Bible teaches. The Bible's filled with it. You can see it all over the place. We already saw, and I mentioned John 1, 1 through 3. In the beginning was the Word, capital W, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, not a little G-God like the Jehovah's Witness Bible has. And the Word, verse 14, was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's Christmas. God, the Word, was with God, was God, and was in the beginning with God. And he was in Bethlehem in Micah 5, 2, when it says, Thou, you are from old, from, from everlasting. The NIV says, I think, from, from of old. That's not the same as everlasting. Jesus is everlasting because he's God. God is everlasting because he's God. They're the same. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 6, talking about Jesus. Philippians 2 who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. There's versions out there, including I think NIV, maybe ESV, that says, didn't think being equal with God was something to be grasped. What? Somehow they say, well, that's easier to understand. No, it's not. Being equal with God wasn't something he could grasp. No, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God because he was God, but he made himself of no reputation and became human. Jesus Christ is God. And Thomas bowed himself and said, my Lord and my God. I don't think he deserves to be called Doubting Thomas because I don't think he was always Doubting Thomas. But because of this story, that's the, what he gets. But I'm thankful for him. I'm thankful for the fact that he helps us to understand that you and I don't get to put our hands, our fingers in the nail prints. We don't get to see Jesus bodily yet. But we have the word. And Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not anything else. This is why tracks are okay because the word of God is in those tracks. 
This is why anytime we share and we give out the word of God, and there's nothing wrong with an illustration or a story to help illustrate the word, but it's got to be the word. And when people make wonderful, awesome movies without the word, they are dampening the deity of Christ and the very word of God. And in the end, I promise you, you are going to need this, not your DVD player. You're going to need this, not something hanging around your rearview mirror or glued to your dashboard or on your bumper. You're going to need the very word of God. And Jesus said, blessed are they who have not seen, yet have believed. And that, is, that day is here. And it will continue to be real and be very necessary for us to understand. We need to trust God. We need to just trust him and believe and have faith and know and know his word and understand. And the more of his word I know, the more it helps me to remember and to think straight about things. I haven't yet introduced myself to Jonathan Lee, but I will. But my Bible says Jonathan Lee's a sinner. He probably got that from his dad. No, he got that from his dad and his mom. And he needs to get saved. And so the praying needs to be, Lord, help us to lead him to you. And help us to always demonstrate to him how much we believe in you. And the word helps me to behave today when people lie to me and I have to stand in line for an extra half hour than what they said. And not to throw a fit or whatever. The word helps me to understand things. The word reminds me that if I'm not right with my wife, my prayers will be hindered. The word helps with a lot of things that I need every day. And um, don't skip the meeting and don't stop reading. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for Thomas. Thank you for the fact that he is there and his words were recorded permanently now in your word for us to learn from. And thank you for his questions, his honest questions. And thank you for his insistence that he go with you even to death and his, his honesty about wanting to understand what it means to know the way and, and his insistence about handling you and understanding for himself and help us to be that open and honest ourselves and that we would not accept doubt for an answer but we would have our answers understood and our questions understood. We ask that you just help us to be open before you like him and thank you for him. Help us to continue to read your word, to study your word, to understand your word better each and every day. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.